0: Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from one of our pastors. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. All right, well, what a good reminder uh, this morning. That song we just sang, Uh, simple, very simple words. There's nothing better than you. And that's what we believe about Jesus this morning. That's what we believe about our Savior and our Lord, that there truly is nothing in this world that can compare... To Jesus. Um, and sometimes you wonder like, why do these songs say the same thing over and over again? There's nothing better than you. I think it reflects the nature of who we are, that sometimes we need truths beat into our minds over and over in our hearts over and over again, because we know how quickly, you know, the gifts of God can become the God itself and how quickly we can forget that there truly is nothing better than Jesus in this world and how quickly we can forget about Jesus or leave him at home when we go out or leave him at home church when we leave on Sunday. Um, And the reality, the truth of that song stands that there's nothing greater, there's nothing better than our Lord and our Savior Jesus. And we're going to be talking about that this morning. Pastor Don is away. He's up at the lake celebrating with his family. Um, I think one of his grandsons, their gotcha day was either today or yesterday. And so he's up there celebrating. Um, We're going to talk today about something that that song, man, it speaks right to something that very easily becomes our God sometimes. And it's the word abilities. And so I think that was the perfect opening song because how often do do we take our talents and our skills and our abilities and those become our God instead of the creator God being our God? Or how often do we allow our, our kids' talents skills or abilities to be the thing that fulfills us day in and day out and forget about the Jesus who truly fulfills us in our life. And so we're going to be talking about abilities today. In our shape um, word, S-H-A-P-E, the middle one right now, this is week three, is abilities. And we've been looking at this idea of shape because we believe that, that God has given every single one of us, a, cer- a certain shape. And no, I'm not talking about, you know, our physical shape, even though we all have those, some, you know, we, we wish had different shapes, some wish we had different shapes. But, you know, sometimes I look at myself and I'm like, I could be a little taller, you know, but that's okay. God has given me my physical shape, but more importantly than physical shape is this shape that God has given us to use to serve. And so if you know your shape and knowing your shape is crucial to knowing where and how God wants you to serve. And so starting three weeks ago now, we began to explore the idea of shape, asking the question, what is my shape? What is it that, how has God created me so that I can serve other people? If you were here two weeks ago, we started off with spiritual gifts. That was the S, spiritual gifts. And Pastor Don explained and showed in scripture how God has given every believer, every follower of Jesus, every person who has accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, certain spiritual gifts designed to help the body of believers grow stronger and grow closer to him. And so each of us have certain spiritual gifts that God has given us. And then last week in week two, we looked at the H, which is heart. And that is simply asking the question, what do I love? You know, what do I enjoy to do? What are the, the desires and the things that God has placed into my heart? And how can I leverage the things I love to do for the kingdom? To share the gospel, to to love other people, and to show people the love of Jesus based on the things that I love to do. And so now we're in the middle. We're at the A, shape, spiritual gifts, heart, and A is abilities. And so abilities can be um, talents. They can be skills. They're really anything that you can do well And we believe since God is a God who created all things, a God is a God who created each and every one of us individually, God created you as you are with certain talents, certain skills, certain abilities, not just for you to use for yourself, not for you to gain glory for yourself, not for you to show other people how awesome or amazing or skillful you are, but he gave them to you so that you can bring glory to God, so that you can build the kingdom of Christ, so that you can show others God's love, compassion, and power. And so what I want to do as we start off this morning, I want to go to a passage of scripture that many of you probably already know. You're very um, familiar with this. It's Psalm 139. And I think this is a passage that speaks directly to this. This passage, I mean, it's full of different meanings and has so many different implications for our life right now in 2020. But this morning, I want to share just about how it shares with us and talks about God's giving us abilities and skills. And this is Psalms 139. We're going to read verses 13 through 16. This is what it says. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, you saw my unformed substance. and In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So I read this passage, and one of the things that jumps out to me quickly is just the the language, the, the, the extravagance that's used when the psalmist, probably David, is thinking about the reality and the truth of what God did for him before he was even born, before he was in even a thought in another person's life here on this earth. He says... I am fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. He says, wonderful are your works. And he says, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. And the word that that comes to mind with that is the intentionality of God in creating each and every single one of us. Because if God truly had a hand in every part of the process of creating and forming and knitting together each and every one of us, that means every single detail of our life, as you know, is important. Every single detail is intentional, every single detail is purposeful. And that includes our abilities, that includes our skills, that includes our talents. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I kind of get the feeling and and I'm, I'm wrong in this, is I'll I'll kind of segment my life. And as humans, we have a tendency to do this, that these are the things I use for God, like this part of my life. This is my church life or this is my spiritual life. And these are the things in my life that go over there. And then we segment out. And then over here, we have some of our abilities or some of our talents, or maybe some of our pastimes or even maybe our career or whatever it is. And we have this tendency to segment into two different areas what I give to God what i do for god where god can enter into my life where god can have an impact on my life and this area of my life that is that's really mine that's for me that, that this ability this talent this this pastime this hobby this is mine you know god you stay over in your area but don't you know infiltrate into the stuff that i've kind of i kind of have for myself but when you think about psalm 139 and you think about the reality of what this says the intentionality of god in creating Every little piece of our lives, every detail, every desire of our heart, every ability, every skill that we have, every spiritual gift that God gives us one day when we believe in Christ. We can realize that there is no place in scripture and there's no place really in our life for the segmentation of our life that God desires for all of these things that we've placed over here. These may be abilities, talents, pastimes, career Financials, whatever it may be. And he, he wants us to take all of those and put them all under the God, you can have it area. God, you can have all of my talents. God, you can have all of my abilities. God, you can have all of my finances. God, you can have all of my hobbies, all of my pastimes because you've created all of it. You knit it all together. You ordained all of it day in and day out. And so when I read Psalm 139, I see God's intentionality in using every single one of our abilities, every single one of our talents, every single one of our skills for his glory and for his kingdom. And so what I want to do this morning is is as we look at this, the A of shape, the abilities, I think I could probably pretty um, easily... um, or you could probably easily answer the question, you know, what are your abilities? What are your skills? What are you t- your talents? Because as you grow older, you start to realize, yeah, I'm, I'm good at this. Uh, I'm not very good at this. Some of you younger kids who are in here, if you're, if you're younger, you're probably still figuring out what you're good at, what you're not good at, the areas God has gifted you the skills. But us, us older folk, like we've, we've experienced it. We know what we're bad at. We know where we failed. We know where we've succeeded and we know what we're good at. And let me be honest with you, kids, um, it's okay to fail. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to try something to realize later on that you're not very good at it and realize, well, maybe there's something else that God has for me. I want to give you some examples of that, especially for you, your kids who are in elementary school. When I was in elementary school, and maybe this is still a thing, this was the thing that kids loved to do. Us, us boys, we loved to draw comic books. Does anybody make comic books still, any of you elementary kids? Anybody you like to draw? So we love to draw comic books, and so what would happen is my group of friends, and really it was like the whole school, all the boys in fourth, fifth, sixth grade, we drew comic books. That is what we did, and so I would, you know, decide you'd have to figure out who your super, superhero was, what he was going to look like, what was he going to wear, what what was his superpowers, what did his outfit look like, and you know, it, it was a long process. So I would take you know an hour, two hours deciding my superhero drawing him out with pencil then colored pencils and creating him and then two hours afterwards I look at it and you know what it was ugly. It was not good. And so I would go the next day to school and everybody would show their superheroes and their comic books. And you know what? There'd be some kids who it looked like, you know, Stan Lee himself who created Marvel. They were that good. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, how long did that take you? And he was like, oh, I just did it this morning before school, you know, 30 minutes. And I'm like, what in the world? I could not draw. I cannot draw. I could not draw comic books. But at that time I liked it. But I realized, you know what? I'm not very good at it. We got any middle schoolers, high schoolers in here? So when I was in middle school, let me tell you a story about that. When I was in middle school, all of the guys loved to play basketball. That, that, was, that was the days of Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Carl uh, Malone, John Stockton, all the, you know, the real greats, I'm just kidding, no, but the greats. And that was those days. And so everybody was playing basketball. It was like a basketball craze. Um, and so I wanted to play basketball. I loved it. And so in my seventh grade year of middle school, I went out for the middle school basketball team. And guess what? Look at me, I'm short. Guess what happened? I got cut, right? I got cut. I made it to the last cut, but I didn't make it. So of course, eighth grade rolls around. I was encouraged I made it to the last cut. Oh, I'm a year older. I'll definitely make it this year. Eighth grade, guess what happened? I got cut again, yes, I did not grow any. I was still short. Everyone else could just swat the ball right when I shot it, so it was not good. so two years in a row, cut from the middle school team, I wanted to play basketball. I loved to play basketball. I ended up playing like in my church league and everything, which was great. but guess what I just wasn 't very good at basketball, so it was okay to realize these are some abilities, some talents, some skills that I might would want to have, but God did not gift me with those. And I had to end up being okay with it. Another one, even to this day, me and Pastor Don share this together. A couple of weeks ago, do you guys remember what he said he wished he was able to do, but he can't do it? I hear it, yes. Singing, I would love to be able to sing. But you can ask my kids, every time I open my mouth to sing at home, they say, Daddy, you're a horrible singer. Every single time, because I can't sing. I even had some college friends who were like music majors who... Um, We're gonna help me sing. Like they used to tell me, oh, everybody can sing. You can learn to sing. Like with a little bit of time, with some, you know, some get a piano out, do some scales. Once you hear it, you'll be able to sing, don't worry. And so one weekend I finally said to them, all right, let's do this. I'm ready to learn to sing. And within like an hour of practicing, they looked at me and said, yeah, you can't sing. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I told you there was no hope. And so there are things in our lives, there are abilities, there's talents, there's gifts that God has gifted us with that he wants us to use for his glory, to use for the kingdom. There's other gifts that he hasn't gifted us with that he wants other people to use that he has gifted with uh, for his kingdom, for his glory. And one of the fun things, I think one of the cool things about life is we get to discover the gifts that God has given us so that we can learn how to glorify him in every part of our life. And so I want to tell you to, this morning, I want to share th- uh, four biblical principles with you about abilities. Four things that I, if you read the Bible that teach us some more about our abilities as we begin to discover what they are. And this is the first one. It's that God and the world see abilities differently. God and the world see abilities differently. And where I get that from is 1 Samuel sixteen seven. Many of you know the story of King David, of Samuel, and Samuel anointing King David as king. For those of you who don't know the story, let me just give you a really quick rundown. So Samuel was God's prophet. God said, Samuel, it's time to anoint the new king. Samuel, go to this guy named Jesse's house. He has a ton of sons line up his sons. One of his sons is the king and you're going to anoint this son as the king. So of course, Samuel goes to Jesse's house. Jesse, line up your sons. I'm going to anoint one of them as the next king of Israel. Jesse lines up his sons and every time Samuel stands in front of one of the sons, God's like, nope, 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 nope. He gets to the end of the line. There's nobody left. And Samuel's like, "What's the deal? God, you said that you were going to anoint one of these sons." And so he looks at Jesse and says, "Hey Jesse, you got another son somewhere hiding? Is there somebody out there?" And Jesse's like, "Well, yeah, I got David. David's out. You know, he's tending the flock. He's smaller than these guys. Look how strong these guys. This guy. He's shorter than. He's a little guy. He's scrawny." And sure enough, David comes up, gets in the line, and. God says, Yes, Samuel, this is the next king of Israel. And in that process, this is what the Lord says to Samuel in 1 Samuel 16, 7. Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. Talking about the other sons. The Lord does not look at the things people look at, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so how does the world and how do God see abilities differently? Well, I think if you look at the world and you see who's kind of on top of the world, on top of the social ladder or the entertainment ladder, the people will uh, praise and look for perfection. Perfection won't they? The people who seem to rise the highest in society are the ones who've got it the most figured out. And so if you look at entertainment industry, the best singers are the ones who make it big. The best entertainers make it big. CEOs of companies are the ones who have figured out all these amazing things, and they are at the top because people prefer the perfect, and they praise the perfect, and they look on that outward appearance of what seems best on the outside, but what did God do? God looked to the heart. And so while people look for perfection, God looks for passion. It's what we've talked about last week and this week. God looks for people who take their abilities and their skills and the talents that he has gifted them with, combining that with their heart, the things they enjoy doing and how they love people and how they love God, combining those together to do the work of God in the world. And so God highly values people with strong passion to make a difference for his kingdom. Perfection, eh, it's way down on the list, if on the list at all. You don't have to be perfect, but God wants you to be passionate about using your spiritual gifts, your talents, your abilities in a way to Share the gospel and to share the love of Jesus. So that's the first principle. The second one is this: that abilities this is important to recognize abilities are a common grace given to all people. You know, when you read Psalm 139, this it, is different than spiritual gifts. David didn't say, you know, when I finally came to trust in you, oh God, then you made me a strong warrior. When I finally trusted in you, then you gave me the ability to kill the lion and kill the bear and all of the skills and talents that I have. No, it was from birth. So there are people in this world, everyone really, who have skills and talents and abilities that God has actually gifted them with in this act of common grace. The opposite of that is is special grace, a grace that's only for believers. That would be spiritual gifts. That would be salvation. That would be the indwelling of the Holy Spirit into our lives. These special things reserved just for people who have accepted Christ. But there's these common things that God gifts to all people because he's such a loving, caring, and gracious God. And abilities and talents and skills are those things. So what does that mean for us? That means that we should encourage everyone in their talents and their skills and their abilities. We should encourage non-believers when they do something well to say, wow, you're really good at that. That's awesome. Encourage everyone to use their gifts and their talents and their abilities well, because the ultimate prayer, the ultimate hope is that those who don't believe in Jesus will come to Jesus and when they come to Jesus, those abilities, those talents, those gifts can now be used for Jesus. And so God gives us abilities, talents, everyone in the world to use them well, to develop them, to, to, um, to get better at them so that ultimately they can be used for Jesus one day. Third, your abilities are designed to give you a platform for the gospel, not to fulfill you. This is probably the hardest one to come to grips with as, um, as people, as humans, and even as parents with our kids, that our abilities are designed to give us a platform for the gospel. They're not designed to fulfill us. And probably if I asked every single one of you guys this morning, face to face said, so what, what fulfills you in life? You know, you would probably, as Christians or as followers of Christ who've grown up in the church, you would know the answer is, well, Jesus fulfills me, right? John 10.10. John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I've come that you can have a fulfilled life. And so it's easy for us to say, yes, Jesus is the one who fulfills us. But how often... Do we forget about Jesus and get, try to get fulfillment through the gifts that God has given us? How often do we take the abilities and the talents and the skills that are designed to be a a platform to share the love of Jesus with others and let those become the center of our life? They become our God and we start to seek after them and we would do anything to enhance our abilities, our skills at the cost of anyone else. It doesn't matter because that becomes our God and we forget about Jesus along the way. And parents, how many times do our kids and their abilities and their talents and their skills become the thing that we try to get our fulfillment out of? Instead of letting Jesus be the one who fulfills us, and then we let those things that our kids are able to do to be a platform for the gospel. You see, there's a very specific way that God wants your abilities, talents, and gifts to be used. There's this very specific way that God wants your family to use the gifts and the talents and the abilities of your kids in the life of your family. It's very simple as a platform for the gospel, not as a means of fulfillment for your family. And that's what John 10:10 10, 10 is saying. The thief comes to still kill and destroy. Satan, the enemy, I believe, many times uses the good gifts of God to, to take away our joy, because he tricks us into letting those things become our God. But Jesus reminds us that only Jesus can give us life to the full. All right, and number four, our last Uh, principle here is that you get to choose, this kind of sums all of it up. You get to choose how you use your abilities, how you use your skills, how you use your talents. You can use those for your glory or you can use those for God's. First Corinthians 1031, Paul says to the Corinthians, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And Paul was saying this to to the Corinthians because he knows he knew something about human nature. God knew something about human nature that he was speaking through Paul. God knew that we as humans have these choices to make, that every time we get encouraged by a skill or an ability or a talent, every time someone says to you, you did that really well. Every time somebody says to you, you're really good at that. You should pursue that. You should keep on with that. Every time these compliments come our way for a skill or an ability or a talent in our life, there's a battle that goes on in every one of our hearts. Every single time. It's this. Will I use this for my glory? Or will I use this for God's glory? Will I take that compliment on my skill and my ability and my talent to tell me that I have more value because I'm better at at that? Or will I give glory to God and thank God for the skills and the talents and the gifts that he has given me and ask, well, how can I use this then for God's glory and for Jesus? because we like to feel good about ourselves. We like to bring value based on the things of this world. And Paul is reminding us here that it's the glory of God that matters, not the glory of ourselves. And so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, every talent you use, every ability, every skill that you have, Paul is saying, use it for God's glory, not for your own glory. Use it to bring attention to the love of Jesus and the glory and the beauty of Jesus, not to bring attention to yourself for how great or how awesome you are. So those are the four biblical principles that, that, I, that I get from from scripture when i think about abilities but there are a couple other things i want to say as we kind of close out and start to wind down here this morning a couple other considerations when it comes to abilities skills talents one of them is this is that god's design for abilities is for them to be used in the church but not only in the church but also for the community You know, if you think about it, you can, as you can think about your life, you know, God is wanting you to serve. That's the bottom, like service, like son of man came to seek and save the lost. He came not to serve, not to be served, but to serve. And so God's desire is for us to be like Jesus in service, but it's not just service in the community. And it's not just service in the church. God wants us to be active actively involved in using our spiritual gifts, using our heart and using our talents and our skills and our abilities, both in the church and both in the community. Here's something that, that I thought about this morning as I was driving here and it, it kind of blew my mind. If you think about this, you have a certain set of skills and talents and abilities, right? You could probably say, this is one of area of my life that I'm good, I'm good at this and I enjoy doing it here's the reality. There are a number of non-believers, non-Christians who don't know the love of Jesus in our community right now, in Irmo, in Valentine, in Columbia, in Chapin, wherever you live, there are people with that exact same ability as you, that exact same talent, that exact same skill, and the exact same heart for loving to do it. And so, If you were to link up with that person and add in your love for Jesus, then that person's life could be changed forever because you've added the love of Jesus into something that they love to do already. What a great thing to think about. What are my abilities and talents and skills that I love to do? Where in the community can I plug those things into other people who love the exact same things as me and then infiltrate, so to speak, that area with the love of Jesus by caring for people and sharing the gospel with people. That's how we can serve our community, just by using the things that we love and the things that we are good at. All right. Now, the last consideration is this, It kind of goes along with this, that kingdom work, the gospel work that I'm talking about, it really looks a lot like normal work. It looks like normal things. So if you think about it, if you went to play golf with three other guys— on a golf course, you are the only Christian there. And there were three other guys playing golf with you to an onlooker who's watching. There's just four people playing golf, right? Nothing looks different about you. You seem to be just doing the same thing as they are. But you know what? If you are the only believer, if you're the only follower of Christ and you're using that that thing you have a heart for, using that thing you're pretty skilled at as a platform to share God's love with these three other people, you're doing kingdom work in that moment when something looks incredibly normal. Maybe you play music. Maybe you, you play a sport and you have people in, in your band or in your group of musical group or in your uh, sports team who aren't believers, aren't followers of Jesus. You look just like them Somebody would be watching it. They'd think, "Oh, this is just a group of people. It's pretty normal." But because you're a follower of Jesus, you have the opportunity to take your love for Christ and your love for other people and radically transform something that seems so normal because of your love for Christ. And so, those are the two things that that the considerations I thought that that you know, community and church. It's not, well, I can use this gift in the church, but not in the community. I could probably use this in the community, but not in the church. It's always both. God wants us involved in the church, but also in the community. So as I close out this morning, I really want to end with the church um, because we are actually, as you know, going back into our relaunch. Sunday is next uh, Sunday, September 13th. Our kids area is about to jump back, start our, our area is about to get going. A bunch of our life groups are about to crank back up. A lot of ministries are, are kind of slowly getting started again. And there's no better time to talk about serving, to talk about volunteering, to talk about being a part of the church. And then when we're getting started back up and everything's about to happen. And so what I want to do as I closed out, I asked Pastor Don and our pastors about this this week. I was like, what if I just shared, you know, some of the things that are going on on Sunday morning and the, the areas where people may have no clue that they have a, a gift or they have a heart or they have a spiritual uh, gift and a skill that this would be a perfect place for them to serve. And they haven't even thought about it. And so what I want to do as I, as I close out this morning, I want to talk through, there's about 10 of these. So bear with me, 10, about 10 different areas different ministries and what type of person might fit in really well with these areas. And um, you may, as I'm speaking through this, you may say, you know what, that's me that's where i need to be and i want to encourage you after sharing this pray ask god do you want me to serve somewhere where is the place that my skills my spiritual gifts and my heart where does that lead me and get plugged in and talk to a pastor about that here we go so children i'm going to start with children i'm the children and family pastor so children if you're a connector if you're a teacher if you're if you're a mentor or a coach if you love leading people then there's Three different places you could serve in children, in students, in adult life groups, because that's a huge part of ministry, connecting with people, helping lead people through different parts of their life, teaching people. But... Here's the difference. If you're high energy, if you love to have energy and you love taking like big, complicated truths and bring them down into very simple, easy to understand truths, maybe elementary area is your place. 5K through fifth graders. You know, that's what we do in there. We take the big truths of God. We just simplify them down into simple things and we have fun doing it with a lot of high energy. Preschool. Preschool. If you love kids and you love God and you're not scared to be a little silly and you're not scared to play with maybe toys that you outgrew 50 years ago, if you're okay doing that, preschool might be the place for you. Preschool is wild. Preschool is crazy. They're high energy. You might get their focus for maybe a minute out of the 50 minutes you're with them. But you know what they need? They need people who believe that every child is made in the image of God, and every child deserves an adult who will love them, who will take them seriously, who will care for them, and who will come alongside them. And if that's you, if you feel like, yeah, I totally agree with that, I want to be a part of that, children's may be the place for you. Students Students are very similar and they need connections. They need mentors. They need teachers. They need influencers. They need people who are ready to coach them. Maybe you have a special heart for middle schoolers. As you know, middle school is probably one of the most vulnerable, the most, what, odd, weird times in all of your life. So many emotional changes, so many physical changes, mental changes. There's so much happening in the life of middle schoolers that will, you know, set them on course after they get through all of those changes. And so if you have a special place in your heart for middle schoolers, we need middle school leaders. We need middle school volunteers. We need people who will come alongside a sixth grader as weird as he or she is and help them figure out what's going on in their life. Help them answer the questions, help them realize the importance of their family and the importance of their parents. Help them to know how the truths of God can can, um, help them along the way. Our high schoolers, high schoolers are about to be college students who are adults. If you believe in the potential of teenagers to change the world, If you believe in the potential of teenagers to come and radically change if you want to see Gateway Baptist Church last 50, 100 years from now, because we've laid a foundation for the next generation, then maybe high school is the place that you might want to serve, where you can come alongside and you can mentor them and you can lead them and you can encourage them. We'd love to see you in high school. All right, a few more adult life groups. We are always looking for adult life group leaders. We love to have adult life group leaders. Maybe you say, yeah, teenagers aren't for me. Or yeah, kids, ah, no way, no kids. But I enjoy coming alongside people my own age. I love walking alongside folks who are in my same you know, life situations and helping them figure it out. I love being a coach and a mentor to people who are my age. Life groups are where that's at. Being a leader of a life group, being a, a key volunteer in a life group might be the place for you. Now we have a few more. What if you don't like, like relationally, like there's people who you like, hi, that just going, that sounds horrible. I don't want to have to talk to people that much. I don't want to have to lead people. I don't want to have to give people answers. I, I'm not, that's not me. That is not my personality at all. Well, we have other places. Uh, we have a welcome team out here. Their, their sole goal is to make people feel welcome every time they come into the building. If you believe that, that, a, that a smile can change a per- person's day, a simple hello, a simple friendly gesture can be a, a, a game-changing thing for a person's day, then maybe the welcome team is for you, you know, that, that you're a welcomer, you're a recruiter, you, you love to smile, you love to have small talk with people as they're coming in, you love to, to help them out, maybe the welcome team. And of course, our all-important coffee team, maybe you're a servant. Maybe you love to do some tasks and you know that the little things in life can make a huge and great impact. That's what our coffee team, that's what they're all about. Something as small as a cup of coffee makes people's days better when they walk in here to Gateway. And maybe you say, I don't want to necessarily, you know, lead a group of people, but I would love to serve people a cup of coffee every day to make their day better. That's the coffee team. Two more. As you see, every Sunday, we have a worship team. Maybe God has gifted you, has given you skill in worship and musical instruments and leading, and you have a desire to lead other people. The worship team is always looking for other members of their team. And the last one is, you may already know this, you may not know this, but behind the scenes of everything that happens every Sunday is a tech and a production team. There's a bunch of guys right behind this wall back here who are making the screens happen, who are making the sound happen back here, who are live streaming this right now onto the internet. And so there's these detail-oriented people who are kind of like, computer engineer type folks who believe that these little details matter. And they're the the tech and production team. So maybe that's you. Maybe you feel like I would love to help behind the scenes, make the service come to life every Sunday. And all of these areas are areas that happen on Sunday morning because we also have a chapel team that does chapel every once a month on Sunday nights. We have a men's ministry. We have a women's ministry. We have other areas as well. We have a good news club that meets in the schools, usually not right now because of COVID, but that meets in the schools throughout the year that you might say that would be an awesome thing to pour into the lives of public school elementary kids. There's so many places that God has for us to serve. And what God wants to do is he wants us to kind of consider what are the things that I'm good at? And this is the final question for this morning. What are the things that I'm good at? And what are the things that I love to do? What are the things I'm good at? What are the things that I love to do? And how can I take those two and use them to serve both the church and the community? So the final question for you this morning is simply that. What are the things that you're good at? What are the things that you love to do? What do you enjoy? And I guarantee you there is a way you can take what you love to do, you can take what you're good at doing, and you can use those to serve in the church and in the community. And when you find that out, we would love to talk with you about where you can plug in. We'd love to get you connected in um, serving here at Gateway.